Hey, before we jump into the episode, I just wanted to let you know that our course and coaching program called Youth Ministry Growth Accelerator now offers a three-month and six-month payment plan, which makes enrolling easier than ever. Just head over to growyouryouthministry.com and sign up today. And as an added bonus, if you join by Friday, May 17th, we're offering a free student leadership launch workshop, which will help you build and launch your student leadership team from the ground up. I can't wait to see you in the program so we can start accelerating the growth of your youth ministry today. All right, let's get into the episode. How can we run big ministry on a small budget? That's what we're talking about today on the Ministry Coach Podcast. Welcome to the Ministry Coach Podcast, where we bring you weekly tips and tactics to help you fast-track the growth and health of your youth ministry. My name is Jeff Lascola. This is... Kristen Lascola. Now, we do our best to try and cover all sort of sizes of churches, because there's obviously the mega churches, and then there's the churches of like 15 people, and they all have youth groups, hopefully, but their budgets and some of the processes and resources they have available vary. So we try to do our best to kind of give tips and tactics that all youth pastors and youth workers can use. Yeah, because there's nothing more frustrating when somebody's talking like about stuff they're doing. You're like, must be nice, you know, because maybe you come from a really small budget and you have all these big dreams, but they don't really fit into your small budget. And today we're going to talk about how that is okay. And then there are some strategies and tips and tricks for how you might be able to extend that budget and squeeze it for all it's worth. Because Mm -hmm. when I first started, I had a ridiculous... So here's a weird part about my job is that I do work at a mega church, but I worked at a small campus. So my budget reflected that. Well, now we've grown and we're not this tiny campus anymore. And so the budget has caught up with that. But for years and years and years, it was this weird, like watching the other campuses, like how are you able to do these things? And I mooch as much as I could. Like, we're coming on your bus with you to Six Flags because I can't afford transportation. We're coming whether you like it or not. And I had to hustle a little bit with that kind of stuff. But there's there's non-hustle kind of ways that you can can uh, get that. So I actually have six. Okay. And yeah, you do come from a unique perspective because you started with a youth group of eight. Eleven. Eleven. That was close. Yeah. And it's grown way beyond that. I don't even know your current numbers. Maybe you don't even know your current numbers, but to the point now where it would be considered a very large youth group. But so you've kind of been from ground up. You've seen yeah. it all. So I know there's some youth pastors. It's like, all I've known is eight kids. And yeah. there's other ones that was like, all I've known is 250. Yeah. So you've kind of seen the whole spectrum of that, which is Right. I I and would... that's where I came from. So I actually started at our main true. campus and Which that was huge. true. It was like 250, 300 kids. And it was like, I figured that was normal. I had never worked anywhere else. I just came up through the ranks there and money was seriously no object. Right. Like the things we were able to do, the places we went, like money was never a consideration on anything we did. Mm-hmm. And then they said, Hey, you should go to this offsite campus. Maybe <laughs> they just wanted to get rid of me. I don't know. And 
I was like, okay. And then it was like, wait a minute, you know, I can't do everything I want to do. So I kind of over the years figured out some ways to stretch it. How, like as far as I possibly could. So you said seven or six, six, six. Okay, here we go. Okay. Number one, attempt to break even on every single event at the very least. So I think this one, you're like, duh. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe you are like, duh, you know that. But it, it it involves a little bit of strategy to cushion your budget for events so that you always end up in the black. So I was trying to do events like and charge people the bare, bare, right. bare minimum. And I was ending up in the red for lack of planning. So what I mean by that is plan, plan, plan ahead and think of all the unforeseen circumstances that might arise for an event. For an example, uh, you want to pad what you are charging students to account for your leaders. Of course, that's obvious. But to account for things like gas, mm-hmm. food, maybe the person who signs up but ends up being a no-show mm. or gets sick and needs a refund or something like that, or just to be able to do something a little extra fun. Like if you've padded the cost of camp or for an event, you can maybe treat your leaders to coffee or lunch mm-hmm. or whatever. But you want to make sure you're not just scraping by like, I think I could do this for $9.99 a person. <laughs> well, if it's $9.99 a person, charge Twelve dollars, mm-hmm. you know, because that starts to add up as you multiply the people. If you're a really small ministry, you might want to pad that to thirteen or fourteen dollars so that you have that little cushion. Because how many of us tell that story of like, I would have broken even right. on this event, but this one kid, and it's like there's always gonna be that yeah. circumstance. So it's not that kid's fault, it's your fault. So you have <laughs> to make sure you plan. A good leader is always planning for right. the unforeseen, incidental, weird. Exactly. So I didn't do a very good job at that of that at the beginning, and my budget suffered for it. Another, this is kind of all under the same thing. Um, I used to buy like treats for the kids, like pizza, or do like a root beer float night or something mm-hmm. like that, and I felt bad charging people. Like I can't charge you, <laughs> but it was like a dollar for a root beer float. Nobody bats an eye at that. Like my kids make it rain at the snack shack. (laughs) Like they have so much cash. So I used to feel like, Oh, like I'll just buy it for everyone. Like I had to treat people every single time. And I thought, why do I do that? Like just charge a buck for a snow cone, charge a buck for root beer float. And, and you're, it's amazing. Like sometimes not on purpose, but you end up making a little bit of money on those things. And not that we're, and I feel like that is like this, like, Oh, you gangster. But here's the thing. You put that right back into your ministry. Like, it's not like you're like, well, where should we go on vacation? You know, it's like, it goes straight back into your ministry. But like you said, this is a way not only to like stretch your budget, but you can even increase your budget by these ways too. And so that brings me to the last thing under this section is I've said it before and I'll say it again. If you have not started your snack shack yet, what the heck are you waiting for? Because (laughs) it is a win for everyone. Students, love to eat candy and snacks. It's like their love language. I'm convinced they come 
to our snack shack. P.S. My intern had a brilliant idea. So we were guilt tripping our kids on their lack of tithes and offerings. We support a kid from com- guilt tripping. <laughs> yes, because we weren't even making our minimum of $38 a month to mm. sponsor this compassion kid each month. That is where all of our tithes go. Yet they come to the snack shack every week and order a Dr. Pepper, a Kit Kat, three pieces right. of pizza. And I'm like, if everyone in this ministry gave $1 a month, we could sponsor like four kids. Right. So we put his offering box on the counter at the snack shack. So you can't mm. buy a piece of pizza without seeing Aurelio's face. And you, they oh, do you want to donate to Aurelio? It's like that thing at the grocery store. Right. Like, would you like to round up to help people? And you're like, no, I'm selfish. <laughs> and now we're like, kids, you give. And it worked. So our offering has Good. increased because, you know, a little guilt never hurt nobody. Um, <laughs> but it was just helping them be good stewards. Right. You know, let's put the spiritual bumper sticker on that. Well, but. and do you only take, not to get off track, but do you only take tithes on Sundays? We do. And Which so that was another also the thing. only day you don't have a snack shack. Right. And so kids, yeah, there's probably a lot of reasons, but the offering now is thriving. Aurelio is well taken care of. We can probably get another kid. And anyway, so the whole idea of the snack shack is we sell things for cheap. It's mm-hmm. not like this, like we're making a huge right. margin. It's here. still less than what you'd buy it for yes, in a grocery store. Everything's a dollar. You get a whole soda bottle for a dollar. It's not like a dollar fifty. Every candy bar is a dollar. Pizza seventy five cents. Even at those prices, because we buy in bulk and wait for sales and stuff like that, we make money. Mm. So again, nothing dirty, weird, or scandalous is going on. That money's going right back into the ministry yeah. and for the students. So what do you do with that money? I don't know. Sponsor kids for camp. That's what I do a lot of times. Or, you know, have you been wanting a new set of dodgeballs? Because they get torn up, thrown on the roof, popped, whatever, stolen, rolling under the stage. <laughs> it could go into your game supplies yeah. for those things that it's like, oh, it would be so nice to have a great set of gator balls, but we can't afford it. So as that snack shack increases, you can put that into a separate account and use that to stretch your budget. That is, I would say it is the number one way that we grow our budget. It's Mm. just amazing. Uh, And they, and it's a win for the kids because they're pumped every week. The line for that thing is so long. That's like what they want to do. So those are all number one. So number two would be invest in evergreen game supplies Mm. each year. So sometimes you think, I want a nine square. I want a Gaga. I want gator balls. I want glow in the dark gator balls. I want an Xbox. Like whatever that thing is you want for your youth group that feels like unattainable, Mm -hmm. make it a once a year goal. So like you at the beginning of your your fiscal year, whenever that starts, you set aside a certain amount of money. This is what I'm going to put towards evergreen game supplies because certain game supplies are more disposable, you know, Mm. like glow sticks, like they're one and done or stuff like that. But evergreen game supplies keep you going for the whole year, like a really nice set of many years. 
Exactly. I bought a really great set of glow-in-the-dark gator skins, and I've had them for years. They were expensive up front, Mm -hmm. but I hide them, I take care of them, (laughs) and I make sure they always get put back so I don't have to keep buying them. If I couldn't afford to buy those every year, I just make sure, hey, this was the year I bit the bullet and I I scrimped and saved for the gator skins. Mm -hmm. Or I want a really cool nine square. That's going to, this is the year I'm going to do that. And you just pick one. Maybe um, I love and get a ton of use out of those little plastic, like ball pit balls. Mm. There's so many different fun games you can play with them, like hungry, hungry hippos, hungry, hungry humans or whatever, a game where you bury stuff in them. So it's like the kind of supplies that are going to go long, you know, like maybe it's the, Flag belts mm-hmm. so for that you flag can football type games. Yeah, or flag tag. Things that like sometimes I used to sub and I would look at some of the PE equipment they had, <laughs> like those little scooty boards yeah. for the elementary school kids. I'm like, oh, those are awesome. You know, <laughs> like you could do human curling, all kinds right. of fun stuff. And so think of that each year and Pretty soon, you know, it's gonna take a few years to accumulate, right. but you'll always have it. Yeah, I think just standard human nature says like, I want all those things right now, which is understandable. We're all like that. But realistically, like you said, it's that marathon, not a sprint where it's like, what can we add this year? And then maybe even have a three, four, five year plan, which would also be really good to mention to your senior pastor, because if the church all pitches in or however that works and you guys get a gaga pit and you're like, great, that was this year. Next year, it's going to be nine square. And all of a sudden you come back the next year and like, okay, now we want the nine square. The senior pastor might be like, wait, 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 wait. We just got, because in their mind, it's probably like, we just got a Gaga pit. And it's like, well, you know, we wanted other things. So if you kind of let them in maybe on, here's the goal, like this year is this, this year is this, this year is this, so that you can build this up over time, that's going to be a lot more helpful than you come back in a year and they're like, no, 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 you can't come back to the well that soon. Right, right, right. So that brings us to number three. Um, if you have to do an event with food that we had our associate pastor look at our campus budget once and he was like, you guys eat a lot, you know, (laughs) and it's amazing how much, how much of our budget goes to food. Mm -hmm. So little Caesars. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I break even on that or make a little money on that now, but one thing, and this is obvious, but anytime you're having like a, like a holiday kind of event or something like that ask parents to cater it. So students don't need like creme brulee and (laughs) chocolate fondue, right? Homemade cookies will be scarfed down in three seconds. Donuts, whatever, just food, little snacks. I mean, the Cheetos, those go like that. Doritos, it can be cheap stuff, but if you're buying it all and it feels weird sometimes charging for a party. So like come to a Christmas party. It's $5. Maybe it's fine. I don't know. It's not that weird, I guess. If you can justify it, then. But you could also have the option to send stuff out to parents just like they did at school back right. when you were allowed to bring homemade stuff. But hey, can I need five people to bring brownies and cookies. I need three people to bring sodas and juice. I need whatever. And parents are happy to do that and it's amazing like they'll probably give you even more than you need that you can store and use for later if it's drinks and stuff like that because they're Um, especially not even just the parents but just congregation members that are all in favor of the youth group but honestly have no idea what goes on right so why would they ever know you needed anything unless you 
vocalized that and said he made a list of here's all the wish list items we would love to have and then oh well that's one I, of my other ones you're oh, jumping, jumping ahead. ahead right now we're just talking about food so like at our okay. church we actually have something called the baking team so it's like people it's like i don't want to greet people i don't want to be up in front right. but they're like i'll bake a dozen cookies right. and bring them to church like that's my gift so you could have that like we buy donuts and have them for our students. But if that's not even in your budget, have a baking team, mm. you know, like you have cookies have them out. Bake some donuts. <laughs> Sounds hard. <laughs> uh, bake cookies, bake brownies, whatever, but utilize that gift in people and save some money yeah. on and food is a consumable. So it's like it's such a bummer sometimes to spend money on that kind of stuff because it, unlike the game supplies that you're going to enjoy week after week, year after year, like the food is gone. Right. So I always try to find ways to save money in that area because it's not going to benefit us long term. Yeah. It's just going to be gone. So parents, and then if you do any kind of retreat um, for your leaders or an, even a student retreat, like a student leadership retreat where it's a smaller amount of people, or if your youth group is small, if you plan food for I don't know, an overnight thing or a weekend away. Mm -hmm. I've mentioned this in previous episodes. My favorite thing to do is on the front end, you plan all the meals, you decide what you need for each one, and then you send that list out kind of like a meal train style to mm -hmm. the parents and say, hey, this is what I'm planning on making. Um, next time you're at Costco, would you mind picking up a bag of shredded cheese or tortillas or whatever? And I got all of my food for my leader retreat, which was great because then I didn't have to pass on that cost to people who are serving. Like the point was right. to bless them and parents when they know I get to bless the leaders. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes they just light up because they're like, I love what you do for my kid, but like, what am I supposed to do for you? Um, that's one way that they can kind of give back, which is really great. So donations for food is always a great budget save. And then kind of along those lines, number four, this is like specific to a certain time of year, but I give candy prizes away all the time. I think I've mentioned that before. Candy is not super cheap. Yeah. I mean, I've tried to get the cheap candy and it's terrible. <laughs> it's like the banana Laffy Taffy at the bottom. It and it's like, nobody wants this stuff. So I try to get good candy. So I give it away for all kinds of stuff. You win the game, you get a piece of candy. It's just kind of nice to have a prize, mm -hmm. not just like we won. All right, that's that. But like I said, it adds up. So in October after Halloween or right in the beginning of November, all of the grocery store candy oh, goes yeah. ridiculously on sale. So I stock up because that stuff lasts a long time. <laughs> At least time. you hope it does. It does. It's fine. It's, have you read it's the ingredients? It's not even food. It's not even food. So I put it up in our cupboard and whenever I need a new bag, I go and grab it. The other thing, this is a weird one with candy. So if you send out an email to your parents and say, Hey, any extra Halloween candy your kids get that you don't want to keep, send it my way. Mm. Homeschool parents love this one. So they would bring a me little like Halloween candy tithing. Exactly. I love the way you put that because <laughs> they would come with these bags of candy and their parents don't want them to eat it all. So they'd say, choose 20 of your favorites. Or if their kids are like, ours and they don't eat a lot of candy no our kids don't i end up eating it and like 
15 pounds later, I really regret it. And you should have donated it to the youth group. Yeah. And I've had parents do that. They'll bring in these bags of candy like, hey, I don't want to just throw this away. We can't have this much candy in our house. Yeah. Can you use it? And I'm like, yes. So if you like put that out to parents, they might be like, oh, that's a great idea. Because I mean, people can only eat so much candy. Right. They don't need like 300 pieces of candy. So tell parents, hey, not that you have to, but if you're looking for a place to get rid of your extra candy <laughs> tides, send them my way. And that's a great way to save money on candy. And then like you were saying, number five, this is kind of like that wish list thing. So what you do is you send out a wish list. Oh no, I, my thunder has been stolen. Go my ahead. thunder has been stolen. You said it. <laughs> I don't have a copy before of it was notes. time. You, I sent them to you. I know, but I don't read them. Rude. <laughs> While I'm not sending them to you anymore. Um, okay, so at the beginning of the school year, if you have kids, you know, teachers brilliantly usually send home a wish list. Our teacher was like, we want Lysol wipes and Expo markers. And <laughs> right. we're like, we can do that for you. Like you're a rock star. So um, if you send a wish list home with the students or email it to the parents and just say, hey, this is kind of an ongoing list. Mm -hmm. Whenever the mood strikes or you have a little extra money or time and feel like sending some stuff our way, we would gladly take some playground balls. We always <laughs> need dodgeballs, right? So I usually would tell them, you can find them at Walmart. They should be about $5. Mm -hmm. You don't want them to go out and think they have to buy like the regulation ones from like a sports but store. Or I something. say even put that stuff on there and just make it a fund towards that. Could where be people if can... you had your heart like set on that, but stuff like, um, footballs. Like I feel like I lose a football every five seconds. <laughs> hula hoops, like weird stuff that I'm like, I need hula hoops for certain games. Yeah. I don't really want to go out and buy them. Candy, soda, individual chips, just anything you can give away as a prize. Those kinds of things last forever, which is great. I keep a stock of them in our cupboard for Sunday mornings. And then another thing like markers and those like cool coloring books. I like mm. having those out for like the quieter kids, but it seems like you go through them and it's like someone has started something on every and it was page. Probably our daughter. I was going to say it was probably Brindley. She's three. <laughs> She's out of control. Um, but nobody wants like someone scribbled right. on it. So just kind of like a fresh supply of yeah. that kind of thing or whatever, whatever, like maybe you want to save up for an Xbox and you want to put that on the list. Like, um, any donations toward our new game controllers. Like those are the kinds of things that are so be a good steward and obviously put that money towards it and keep track yes, of that. Or batteries, like batteries mm. for controllers. Like if you're, there's certain things like that you might be responsible for that are such like boring housekeeping right. things. Like I don't want to spend my budget on batteries for game controllers, but you have to have them. Um, for me, I always need new foosball balls because the kids like lose them every five seconds or air hockey pucks, mm -hmm. just ping pong balls, the kinds of things that you need um, every couple right. of months that you feel like womp, womp. we already had this. We shouldn't have to yeah. rebuy this. And just keeping that like on the parents forefront or if you use like a whiteboard for any reason, expo markers, like things like that you just know you'll need that are such a drag that you don't want to put your budget toward. Parents are generous and mm -hmm. they appreciate what you do, hopefully. <laughs> and they would probably be happy to. And what's the worst that can happen? You throw out the net and see what you get, right. you know? And like I said before, they don't know 
So, you know, why would they automatically assume I'm going to donate some batteries? Someone needed, yeah. Expo markers. But yeah, if you put that list out there, that's what the teacher did this year for our older daughter. And we just went down the list like, okay, I'm at the store. I'll get that, that and that. Why yeah, not? Easy. And I mean, some of that stuff could be like donation based too. So if you were to say like, hey, if anyone's going to get rid of a Wii anytime soon, right. we'd love to have it. Or I'm looking for a ping pong table. If you know of anyone, let me know. People always want to get rid of those big things. Like that was fun for a year. I want this out of my house. Yeah. And they usually want to get rid of it. So but there's a lot of cool things you can get. We got the basketball hoops, I think twice donated. Yeah. It was like roll up ones or whatever that you know mm-hmm. things like that people just like oh we're getting a new one you guys can have our old one but it's still in good condition you don't want junk but you take what you can get even sometimes. like aesthetic things for your room like market lights mm-hmm. for worship or throw pillows like things that you're like i don't know someone might buy this for me you could have an amazon wish list there's no end to those possibilities <laughs> we should end that there um okay no and then- i want to list at least 10 or 12 more things <laughs> Um, a massage, a <laughs> gift card for a facial, a spa day. Okay, that's enough. Okay. Uh, and number six, and lastly, and this is a once a year kind of thing, and we talked a little bit about how to get camp scholarships. I'm not a huge advocate of fundraisers. Our church does not do them. But once a year at our Good Friday service, we do a special offering for camp scholarships. So we pass around the offering. Maybe we show a camp video, have someone come up and talk about it. Maybe some student testimonials pre-recorded and beautifully edited and just say, Hey, there's camp is expensive and it's unattainable for a lot of families, but we don't want anyone, anyone to miss out on this experience due to lack of funds. We're just Mm -hmm. not okay with that. Here's where you come in. You might have a heart for camp too. And if you want to see students have this experience, you can help make that happen by donating tonight. And we're going to put that in a scholarship fund. If you do that once a year for us, it's usually enough Mm. for whatever we need. Maybe we get a couple more private donations as it gets closer to camp, but either way, like I don't know about you guys, but if I lose money on camp, that comes out of my budget. Mm. So I'm highly motivated to break, (laughs) at least break even, if not come out on top, because I'm like, that sucks. Like camp is a huge cost. So even like a loss of a few hundred dollars is too much, Mm. you know? So don't use camp scholarship. Don't use your budget for camp scholarships fundraisers if you have one that's going and thriving hey keep at it but just one more consideration is that once a year special offering some people like their name is totally on it Mm -hmm. or they're empty nesters and have a lot of money and want to pay back you know you never know what god is going to put on people's hearts and kind of nudge them to get involved in you know so yeah those are six but um Try one or two. Maybe not all of them are a fit for your ministry, but I think if you try a couple, you'll kind of figure out where you land and kind of get in your rhythm of what works for you. But don't let that number be your bottom line. Mm -hmm. There's ways around it. Yeah, ways of growing it, ways of stretching it and being, again, a good steward of what you have been given by your church. And speaking of, if your youth ministry has grown in the last year, you might 
have enough leverage to ask for a budget increase. So keep that in mind too. So if you're like, my budget has been the same for years and years and years, if you're ready to ask for a budget increase, have some numbers to back up why. Yeah. Hey, we had 10 kids, now we have 20 kids and you know the growth is there and we wanna do this and this and this and here's how I've been creative and strategic and a good steward, but you know, don't be afraid to ask if you have that leverage to right. do so. You will never know until you ask. Right. All right. Now we're going to get into the question of the day, which is how many, this is a weird question. It, it is. is. It's weird. And I think at a different point in my life, the answer would have been ridiculously simple, but how many <laughs> pillows do you sleep with? The answer should be one. <laughs> okay. You want to know what's weird? You. <laughs> no, I already knew that. So when I used to go to the doctor, I mean, I still do, but <laughs> my old doctor, when that used to be a thing in my life, <laughs> I remember there being a question on that like preliminary health survey. Like, why are you here today? That's one of them. It asked that. How I've many pillows do you sleep with that night? So I don't know what, Ooh, what what's good. I don't know. I think. I think they said if you sleep with more than three or something or two, like they just, and I was like, what is that a sign of? And Serial I, killer. I never asked. I don't know. But I remember I went to Kaiser and that was a question every <laughs> single time. How many pillows do you sleep with? So. Seems a little personal if you ask me. Currently, <laughs> I have it perfect. Three. So I have a long pillow that goes in the back. That's like the foundation. <laughs> and then I have two. Don't you have one behind that too? No. Then I have two standard size pillows that I make a V with. And that goes right behind my head. And so my head is kind of encompassed <laughs> into the V, but the long pillow is supporting the V. So I lay and I am cushioned. And I actually, my new trick is you put the corner of the pillow over your shoulders so it's okay. kind of like this little neck pillow-esque thing i like, like it those over travel pillows but yeah laying i down. put my regular pillow over my how shoulders. many do you bring when you go into camp uh three you do i don't remember that's a lot of pillows maybe to bring two to camp. i know i have two but i only do that because our backboard or headboard is weird and i feel like if i only have one it always falls behind there so one is just to keep my one from falling yeah. back. And I've had that since like junior high. I don't, maybe even earlier than that, which is probably gross to keep a pillow that long, but. Wait, you've had the same yeah. pillow? Oh my God. It gets washed every now and then. No, it doesn't. I wash it. When? Sometimes no, in my life. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> yes, I do. You, no, you don't. <laughs> you have never washed that pillow since we've been married. Well, that may be true. That's been 10 years well, how often do you wash your pillows i don't i didn't know you could wash pillows you've had the same pillows for the last 10 years no some of those are newer no <laughs> newer <laughs> like eight years wait but you've had it since junior high probably earlier do you know they know. say little microscopic bugs live in there but the but the cover on the like not the pillowcase but the cover has been replaced i don't know it's just like the insides got recycled. I'm s That's probably why I have a little cough. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Drink 
trying to make me seem like the weird one. Let's read a review. Let's read a review. Actually, when I was pregnant, I slept with like... 14. 14 pillows. I wasn't even in the bed. No room for you. Okay, this is from our YouTube channel. I don't remember what episode this was from, uh, but this is from Brandon Datuin. And it's, Wait, what? I love that last name. I think I'm pronouncing it right. Datuin? Datuin? Okay, that's what I'm going it. with. I love it. Says, you guys are awesome. Thank you for all your great ideas and for what you do. Well, thank you, Brandon, Aww, for Brand. watching and for commenting. We appreciate it. Thank you, friend. If you guys are getting a lot of value from these episodes, make sure you like, subscribe, and we'd love to hear from you too. And a comment. And if you're listening on our podcast channel, make sure you subscribe and leave a review there and we would appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. And, and we'll, we'll see, see you next time. time. I said it first.